save your money! Gotcha! What do you heartless brutes think you're doing? Um, using the wishing well? You toss in a coin and make a wish. And then what? And that's it. Nothing else happens. It's fun! You mean suckers throw money down a hole for fun? That's the greatest scam ever! Cue the intro! <laughs> to the only podcast that will put a penny for each and every one of you out there in the well for you to have a good day. I'm ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard as we continue our sail through the fourth season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is Wishing You Well, the second half of the 72nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants first premiered on June 2nd, 2006. Our storyboard directors are Luke Brookshire and Tom King, who wrote this episode alongside Stephen Banks. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. Our technical director is Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. Yay! I don't know if you would call it fate or destiny or if there's another word that you would throw this phenomenon under, but this morning on my, my morning drive, I went to grab my coffee as usual, and I was listening to a podcast that I didn't want to end my drive so soon on, so I decided to drive a little bit around a few of the neighborhoods in the area, and during my drive, in someone's front yard, I came across a wishing well, an actual wishing well, and it was not, and this is the weird part, it was not a decorative wishing well. It was very much right next to the road, and you can stop off, and when you looked into it, there you are, with water. It was a legitimate well in the front of this property. It was a pretty sizable piece of land, so they possibly have some sort of well system going on, which is really nice. But you can also see, in in some of the sunlight, some pennies in this well. Incredible. I had... I've driven around the neighborhoods before and maybe just this was innocuous and and I passed by it a few times and it never really crossed my mind because there are people who have fake wishing wells in their yards and their front yards and they're not necessarily actual wells so this is you know a morning before I know I'm going to record this episode I come across a well that looks like it's a legitimate well doesn't look like it's filled in and having the time to stop and look into it, well, no pun intended, I threw a penny in and wished that hopefully today's episode goes well. And as tempting as it is, I'm not going to throw a rim shot over every instance of the word well as it's just such a normal word. Who knows how many times it's going to pop up in this episode. But yeah, it, it was just a weird part of the morning Weird in a good way, and it certainly set the mood going into then rewatching this episode, which was a delight, was an absolute delight. I forgot about a few of the jokes in this episode, which is, it's always nice not to have to remember every single joke. You know, 
there are fans out there who are incredible encyclopedias of not only SpongeBob, but I'm sure of every single show out there that has a fan base. There's a fan that their mind holds every index card of information about the show, every little minute detail, and those people are wonderful. And there are times that I, I get a little upset, as big of a fan that I am, that I forget about things. But the silver lining of, like, oh, I forgot about this, is that you get to relive it again, you know? That's my coping thought about getting older and forgetting about things. I get to once again relive movies and TV shows one day down the road that I just forgot about, and here I am, bright-eyed, wow, this is new, this is great. Or I'm on the opposite opinion, and I forget about some of the Nicktoons, and then I go back and rewatch them as an 80-year-old man, and I'm disgusted at what I'm looking at. That's the that's the worst case scenario. That's the that's the timeline I don't want to be in. But I like going back to these episodes I haven't watched in a while and, and rediscovering them all over again and finding new little jokes and sequences that either on my first watch through I didn't catch or wasn't just seasoned enough. But now, hey, I'm old enough to pay attention to everything and, and catch everything in one wide net, maybe missing a few little fish here and there, but not as much as, as I used to. When you're younger, your mind is only paying attention to, to so many things, and when you rewatch certain episodes over and over and over again, that's when you really catch on those little details. And Wishing You Well is not an episode that I would say was in my constant rotation of rewatching, but after this time around, I am going to add it into the rotation. This was an excellent episode. I I can't say that I didn't like it beforehand, but this time around, there was something about it I enjoyed on a different level. Maybe it was the wish. Maybe it's magic working its way into my, my psyche as I'm watching this, but I don't know. It just was a pleasure to watch. And at first... I had this thought as to why Mr. Krabs wouldn't know what a wishing well was. I mean, it's it's one of the most well-known ways to earn very easy income, although a well in and of itself has a different use, but the concept of the wishing well is overextended pretty much into any fountain structure that has water. The idea of throwing money into water is a very traditional European concept that has spread out across the planet. And that was the first thought is, how did Mr. Krabs not know of this thing? And then the extra layer of humor kicked into place. There would be no need for a well underwater. Just another facet of Bikini Bottom that can only make sense here. That's why there is legitimate magic bursting out of Bikini Bottom. I mean, later on in the in the series, we would see other forms of magic take its place and other pieces of lore added onto this world to prove that Bikini Bottom itself is a special place. But here we have proof in this episode that there's legitimate magic here. So no wonder there's wells spread out 
in, in one place in the ocean, Bikini Bottom. For anyone who happens to not know the point of a well, it's your access to an underground water source. And the bucket with the string is your way to pull up some water. And I feel like there may be those out there who have no idea that that is a thing because wells are not as prominent in today's day and age as they used to be. And even mentioned earlier in the episode, there are people out there who will have fake wells in their yard for decorative purposes, where it's just the top half, the part you would see extending out of the ground, and that's it. And usually inside of it, it's filled with whatever they want. A plant could be a fake bottom so that you can still throw in coins to give the illusion that there's a, a deeper hole within. There's, there's many ways you can, you can take that. It's a decorative piece. But for the actual well purpose, it's, it's to retrieve water. So it's funny that there is even a well in the ocean unless it used to be above land at one point in time. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole as the episode opens up, Mr. Krabs is doing what I feel like is possibly a hobby for him, which is going around town and checking all of the coin-operated machines to see if there's any change left in them. And at the beginning of this episode, he's checking a public telephone, which is a rarity today in 2023, even in... My town, there's only one known public coin-operated telephone, which is only kept up as a novelty at this point. But I can attest, as a kid who grew up in the 90s, and I'm sure anybody older than me can, can say likewise, that the likelihood of finding a coin in a payphone out in the world was pretty high. I'm not saying it was a 50-50 shot. I think it was more on the 60-40 end with your chances leaning on the 40% side of finding a quarter in a payphone, the payphone mechanics would spit the quarter back out depending on how long your phone call was. So if you tossed in a few quarters for a phone call and your phone call only lasted what it would have taken, you know, two or three and you threw in four, it would spit back out one. But most people might just walk away from that phone call without even checking. You would hear the coin drop, but in a, in a phone booth, in a busy city, you might just quickly get out of there and move on with your day. So I have no tally mark of how many times I have found change in a payphone, but I can tell you, if you were to line up every single machine that takes coins, washing machines, arcade machines, candy machines, stickers, anything the likelihood of you finding change was in the payphone. So Mr. Krabs completely justified at the beginning of this episode. He hears a quarter drop, which is absolutely hilarious to have happened. The fact that there was any sort of noise of this quarter dropping on sand and that it rolled over to where Mr. Krabs was. He goes to pick it up thinking it's his lucky day. And then a kid, before he gets his claws on it, grabs the quarter it was the kid's quarter in the first place, but Mr. Krabs is more of the finder's keepers kind of guy and decides to argue with this shifty kid and his mother. This mother, of course, properly scolds Mr. Krabs over this level of, it's not even cheapness, it's greed. 
this level of greed where a kid drops a quarter on the ground and then you go, it's on the ground, it's nobody else's, I've seen it first, it's mine. To have that level of an attitude, it's it's bonkers. And you see this in cartoons and you think, oh, this is just over-exaggeration. But let me tell you, there are people out there like this. There are definitely people out there like this. And you may be thinking to yourself wrongfully, oh, you're thinking of a homeless person, Captain Eric. No, no, no. There are people that you would not expect to have that level of thought and greed. And yet, I have personally witnessed this level of action happen where somebody drops a piece of currency on the ground in a public place and somebody else immediately grabs it near them. Even hanging out in a bar area, somebody dropping a dollar and someone else just swiping it, an argument occurs. Hey, that's mine. Tough. Dropped on the ground. I've I've witnessed it. So to say that this is just a cartoon level act, maybe the idea of an older man arguing with a kid over a quarter on the ground, although I've seen old people argue with kids over chalk drawings in a in a, a public parking space. So who's to say these days what old people aren't going to argue with kids over? But Mr. Krabs wants this quarter, and as he's arguing with his desire for this quarter, he then watches as this mom carries her kid over to this wishing well and tosses the quarter in. He watches this kid, who took the quarter from him in the first place from the ground, and then proceeded to toss it away in a hole. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? She's a nice lady! This is where Mr. Krabs discovers the concept of a wishing well. A few other people come over, trying to throw more change into this hole. Mr. Krabs grabs the quarter before it drops in and decides to scold this couple for throwing away their money. What are you doing? Why are you throwing this away? What is your problem? And Mr. Krabs then hears about the greatness of a wishing well. You just throw money in, you wish for something, and that's it. As you wish. I wouldn't say that a wishing well is inherently a scam, even if your intentions are to earn money from it by building it in the first place. By placing a gumball machine in your place of business or even in your yard, you may have intentions of earning money from that. So it's not a scam unless you're telling people one thing and then pulling the rug from underneath them. And boy, when it comes to pulling the rug and scams, Mr. Krabs should know about the world of crypto. Which, don't get me wrong, I completely respect the technology that is running behind the scenes of the blockchain, of NFTs, anything associated with crypto on a tech front. What has been worked on, I respect tremendously. But that doesn't mean... I have to respect its usage or the way people use it. And as far as what I have seen in my world, the majority of what is going on in the crypto space are simply scams, rug pulls to get people to throw their money into them. And since there has not been a real crackdown in this space, it's constantly people pulling the same 
card out. Uh -huh. Bad business on my part. Who would have thought that things would go bad? Anyway, thanks for the money. How many times do we have to hear this before it becomes fact that this is what's going on? Anyway, that's an entirely different conversation for another time. But the point being, if Mr. Krabs wants a real scam, he would start his own cryptocurrency or his own crypto game, Crust Zoo or, or S. Crust or something. Something like that, and then he would pay Larry the Lobster to promote it or what have you. But that that's a real scam. Wishing Wells, I don't necessarily think they're a scam. Like I said, even if you build one in your yard and your intention is, I'm going to earn money from this, I mean, it's it's the choice of the person to throw their money into that hole, which is a nice little metaphor for the cryptocurrency thing I just mentioned, isn't it? It's the responsibility of the person to throw their money into the hole. But there is a difference between a legitimate hole in the ground that you can see where your money is going to and something that you are creating, quote-unquote, and promoting as one thing, and then things just disappear. There's a difference there. You can try to create a, a similarity and go, Captain, you're just giving Mr. Krabs the pass because he's a cartoon. He's on your favorite cartoon. Or you're giving all these wishing well people a pass. They're the real scammers, not the crypto space people. No, no, no. Once again, there's a difference between knowing where your money goes and and throwing your money away and tossing it into the trust of someone else. <laughs> Trust me, there's there's been enough smoke to show off the fire going on over there. I'll promote one user here, CoffeeZilla, on YouTube. I'll tag him in the uh, podcast description. If you have no idea what's going on in the crypto space and you would like to be enlightened as to who's out there and what is currently going on in that world, it is the most investigative work you will find in that space, so I can't send you anywhere else for that information. Mr. Krabs, though, when he comes across this wishing well and the concept of people tossing their money in for wishes, things they would like to happen to them or things they desire, the fact that people will just toss their money away, this inspires Mr. Krabs to build a wishing well at the Krusty Krab. But of course, Mr. Krabs is not going to do the manual labor himself, and it's just going to fall back on the Krusty crew. One of my favorite gags in this episode is where Squidward, being Squidward, proclaims something that I think anybody at a job they hate has at least thought to themselves, this job stinks, but at least I'm not digging ditches. And it doesn't have to be that specifically. But if you ever found yourself at a job you dislike, you may have thought to yourself or even said it out loud to a coworker, this isn't good, but at least I'm not doing blank. That's the silver lining of any bad job. There could be a worse one out there. At least you're not doing whatever you deem as terrible. For Squidward, it's digging ditches, which of course immediately happens right afterwards. Of course, Mr. Krabs had to come in with an idea that involved digging a ditch. Oh, this job stinks! But at least I'm not digging ditches. Squidward, SpongeBob, I got a new job for you! As Squidward scoffs at the idea of a wishing well, SpongeBob sings him 
a melody known as Down the Well, which in the pantheon of SpongeBob SquarePants songs is one of the most beautiful ones. It's one of my unsung favorites that, not that I necessarily had forgotten about, but it's a tune that I remember the melody of it more than this actual main part due to the fact that there's a reprise of this song later on in the episode that reuses the same tune. So anytime I would think of the Well song after watching this episode, I would think of more of the tune than anything else. But this actual first part on its own, Down the Well, is a beautiful, at least, explanation as to why anybody would even want to throw away a penny into a piece of water. Now, the idea of throwing money or any sort of currency or tribute into water is a European idea that started out a long, long, long time ago with the idea that water itself is sacred. It's it's life. It's a pool where there could be good and there could be bad. So by tributing your armor, your weapons, your money, something that you had on you into the water, it was to keep you safe. And that idea spread out through the world. I think the concept of tossing currency into the water was just simple enough to attract more of an audience for that concept that even goes beyond wishing wells. I'm sure anyone listening to this can think of another place, a fountain or a pool of water where there's just money thrown. And it's not necessarily a wishing well, but people will still throw a penny into that fountain and make a wish. It is still that core concept that lives on to this day of throwing a piece of of tribute into a body of water And for some, that wish may be something personal, it may be a wish for others, and it may be a general wish for the world. I wish for world peace. How do we get there? What does that mean? But that's the magic that people have. It's the beauty that somebody desires that, which is a little bit of what SpongeBob's song was about. Take a penny and some magic, even though your life is tragic. You can throw all your dreams down the well. And can't not say that I haven't been there, where you're feeling very down and out, you find yourself near a fountain, and you just toss in a penny. Hey, what's the harm? It's a 50-50 shot, and it's more of a placebo effect than anything else, especially if you're looking for something personal. If you're looking for a better day, or if you're looking for something specific to happen, it could be something subjective, and then when it does... My wish came true, and it's that feeling that we hold inside of us. That's the magic. That's the real magic. It's the optimism. It's the hope. That that is always, at any point in life, going to be magic for you. It can get you through some very tough times, and even when you don't necessarily need it, it's just good to have because you can help spread that out to others who do. So don't ever let anyone tell you out there that there isn't anything like magic. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Squidward is not going to involve himself in digging any sort of ditch and has SpongeBob dig it, which when SpongeBob is done, instead of Mr. Krabs helping him out of this massive hole, has the entire facade of the wishing well built 
on the outside, for some reason in the back of the Krusty Krab, you would think maybe closer to the road would be smarter. I mean, that's where the wishing well this morning got me. It was very accessible right next to the road and got a penny out of me, so job well done. But he builds it in the back, and he leaves SpongeBob in the hole, which isn't really smart. I mean, it worked out for us as the viewer because the entire episode pretty much kept itself at the wishing well. But Mr. Krabs at that earlier wishing well didn't just take that money because he couldn't fit his poop deck into the hole. He was a bigger crab, and there was all of this money already sitting at the bottom there. So very clearly nobody is stealing it other than the desire of Mr. Krabs wanting to. So why not just let SpongeBob out of that wishing well and let it fill up a little bit and then take the money out? But the excitement, the one idea I can be okay with in this is that Mr. Krabs' excitement about now having his own is enough for him that I need every single quarter that drops down there immediately. I can't let it pool up in any way. I can't let a little pile of, of coins sit down there. Somebody else could steal it. So I need somebody down there at all times to make sure that my, my change is good. So under that notion, I think it's actually funny. And then, of course, yeah, we, we get to spend the entire episode down the well, which ends up being a good thing because as soon as this well is up and running, there are already people waiting to throw their coins in for their wishes. Sandy throws in a nickel for a microscope that works underwater. Plankton comes by, throws in a penny to become taller, tall enough for him to crush his enemies. And Mrs. Puff even comes by to throw in two pennies for a new car. She wants to be a hot rod mama. Patrick ends up thinking it's somewhat of a garbage can, throwing in a, a cup of soda or a milkshake, whatever he was drinking. And after hearing the voice of SpongeBob telling him the directions on how to use the wishing well, he doesn't necessarily know that SpongeBob is down in there, but he hears him. He takes out a coin and doesn't let go of it, but is told to toss it into the well, which then tosses Patrick into the well himself, though his wish was for SpongeBob to actually be there to see this. So, in and of itself, he got his wish. It did work. And on top of that, for me, it's an incredibly smart way to get these two together. It's not too convoluted for someone like Patrick to be told to toss a coin, but then not to be told you have to let go of the coin. He held on to it. He got his wish. Everything worked out. But now they're stuck down in this well for six and a half hours or for however long his shift was. And after Mr. Krabs comes to collect the measly eight cents that has been collected in this wishing well thus far, he still does not want to take SpongeBob out of the well and decides to keep him in there even longer. So even though it's not the smartest thing in the world and you honestly even threw your number one fry cook down in this wishing well, Mr. Krabs is maintaining this... Uh, this thought process, although he does give SpongeBob some advice on how to find the magic. You have to believe hard enough and dig deep enough. That's when your wishes will come true. It's adorable, though, that that is SpongeBob's one concern. It's that all of the wishes that have been thrown in thus far come true 
it's not really about his safety or getting out of the well or even feeding Gary in that matter. It's about all of these wishes in this moment. SpongeBob's always about in the moment. I'm kind of like that myself, so maybe that's why I've attracted myself to this character so much. We're, we're very much in the moment kind of people. We don't think two or three or four steps ahead. It's about the one or two steps. And it's about caring for other people in a way. Because honestly, even though I've made wishes before in Wells, like this morning, or even at times where at a casino there's pools of water, hey, toss in a penny, hope the luck is on my side tonight. It's not even for personal, selfish means. Because if I were to earn a nice level of income or make a certain amount of money at the casino in a, a gamble, I wouldn't even necessarily use that money for myself at first. The two people I think of are my mom and dad, who have spent so much time and money throughout their lives to make sure that I've been taken care of through emergencies and even through non-essential necessities. My parents have always been there. So anytime that I make a wish for monetary purposes, hey, I would love a million dollars, toss that penny in the well or in the fountain at the casino, it's not even 100% for me. I, I want to be that person to give back. And that's honestly what I end up trying to do creatively in the first place. It's I've soaked in all of these cartoons, all this information, all of this love, and I want to give it back in, in some way. And whether or not it's a podcast or a painting that you can hand off to somebody and make their day, that's what it's all about. I love making others feel good. I, I very much feel like SpongeBob in this situation where it's all about everyone else's wishes and not necessarily what I would wish about. But after hearing of the advice to dig even deeper, SpongeBob and Patrick take that literally and decide to spend their time, now that they're stuck in this well, to dig even deeper to find whatever magic it is they're looking for. We have a reprisal of Down the Well, which was written by Luke Brookshire and Tom King, and of course, performed by Tom Kenny. And the reprisal is nice, but I honestly think that that ends up covering up the beauty of the first part of Down the Well, because that's what you end up being left with, and for me, it ended up being the tune. So it's not to say that there isn't any beautiful moments of this second part, but what's nice about this second part is all of the visuals of only during this song is when the well is expanded. You see SpongeBob and Patrick going from two shovels to essentially a dozer-level construction equipment underground digging system of cranes and pulleys and and dozers and all this stuff going on as SpongeBob is singing, which I I was referencing the dozers from Fraggle Rock for those who remember that show or even the new one that's on, I think, Apple Plus. But Fraggle Rock has these characters that are just building their construction underground, making tunnels, and they're always working. And that was a bit of a reminder here in this episode. I wonder if if that was a bit of an inspiration behind SpongeBob and Patrick's uh, construction here. 
but this this part of the song it's still nice but i prefer the the first half of of down the well but once we are back once the song is over to the normal size of the well spongebob and patrick have clearly dug a little deeper and a crack is now in the ground and emanating from this is a yellow glow and some sparkles if you were ever to tell me a place in the ground of where magic is coming from and it looked like that if there was a glow like that like opening up the suitcase from pulp fiction you'd have to believe it's it's some kind of magic right i mean you would want to dig a little deeper just to see what the source of the light is but unless you're in maine don't don't dig in the hole if you're in maine don't don't dig any further if you see lights that's not a good thing I have read enough Stephen King books. That's a lie. I haven't read any, but I, I know about a ton of Stephen King books, and I've watched a ton of Stephen King movies to know that when you see any sort of lights in Maine, don't go near them. Stay away from them. But if you're outside of Maine and you see lights in the ground, I mean, maybe don't dig. You shouldn't do that. Get a professional out there. Don't mess around with magic and stuff like that. But the whole point is, is when... You're digging, and all of a sudden, boom, there's sparkles and glitter and lights. Maybe you've struck magic. Just saying. I can't be disproven from that. It hasn't not happened, as far as I know. Uh, well, unless you're uh, Jed Clampett, and, and you've struck a certain kind of gold. It's called Texas tea. It's oil. If you strike that in the ground, that's probably... The most opposite thing from a glow, a, a shiny yellow glow, would be the sludge of striking oil. But that, in and of itself, is something that people would actually wish for. To strike gold, to strike oil, for oil to be in their yard. You get a lot of money from that, so it's a little back around, a little full circle moment here. Uh, the next person to come across, Spongebob and Patrick, in the well is Squidward, who is reveling in this situation. His wishes have come true. He wished that SpongeBob and Patrick were far away from him, and lo and behold, they are trapped within the bottom of a wishing well. Although now that the magic has fully been uncovered, wishes are on the table. They are real. When you make a wish at this wishing well, you don't even necessarily have to tribute if you just wish something close to this hole, it'll now come true. And when SpongeBob wishes that Squidward could see it just a little closer, Squidward himself falls into the hole. Classic SpongeBob trope to get the three of these characters stuck in a situation. One that Squidward tries to climb out of, just like Bruce Wayne does in The Dark Knight Rises, climbing without a harness on this rock structure. Although... Squidward is not as lucky as Bruce was without the harness and falls back down into the well where Squidward claims to be suffering from an extreme case of claustrophobia, which if you're claustrophobic, it means that you have a fear of a confined space, being in something tight and small and being stuck there. That's an important piece of the fear is the, is the stuck part. Someone can be claustrophobic and be in a closet doing their thing, and if you close the door, that's where the fear kicks into place. So 
Squidward has this anxiety going on, but to SpongeBob and Patrick, and this is a classic gag of the show where they hear claustrophobic and they think that Squidward has the fear of Santa Claus. So while SpongeBob is very supportive of Squidward's fear, Patrick wants to scare Squidward. Maybe if you had more upper arm strength. Yeah, you should work out more. Well, why don't I just start right now? After all, I got a couple of dumbbells right here. <laughs> I don't get it. If you don't stand so close, you're making me claustrophobic. What does claustrophobic mean? It means he's afraid of Santa Claus. No, it doesn't. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> Stop it, Patrick! You're scaring him! Ho, ho, ho! It's almost like someone made a wish of a machine gun of SpongeBob jokes because almost after this entire confrontation about being afraid of Santa Claus, we get a visual your elbow is in my ribs gag, which the up close shot of the ribs I even forgot existed. And it's a beautiful shot of a plate of ribs. But we also get a callback to a classic SpongeBob gag of somebody stepping into potato salad. Now, Last time this occurred, SpongeBob accidentally flew into a bowl of three-day-old potato salad. Not three-day-old, but it took three days to make that potato salad before it was soiled by the feet of SpongeBob. But seemingly in this well, Squidward steps into a bowl of Patrick's potato salad, and it seems to be an ongoing gag on Nickelodeon in general where potato salad itself is constantly soiled on a few Nickelodeon shows. We got the sun, we got the surf, we got chicken wings, we got sand in the potato salad. Eventually, Mr. Krabs comes back to pull up the bucket. He feels the weight of the bucket heavier than expected and thinks it's going to be a lot of money, but it is in fact Squidward, who of course is thankful to finally be out of the well. My heart goes out to him after being stuck down there for so long and wishes that he was far away from this situation, from this moment. A bus immediately hits Squidward and sends him off into the world of Shrek. Shrek is love, I say. Shrek is life. Right after Squidward is gone, we get a gauntlet of the characters who have previously made wishes in the well before showcasing how their wishes have now come true. Sandy has a microscope that now works underwater. Mrs. Puff shows up with a hot rod, which for both of them must have been a crazy situation to throw in a nickel and two pennies respectively and then to wake up to a telescope and then a hot rod. Mrs. Puff paid two pennies for a hot rod, so she has every right to be as happy as she is and drives away. But then we get the final part of this episode, which is Plankton, and I feel like this episode had to have inspired in some way behind the scenes the creation of the video game Creature from the Krusty Krab, as that game was coming out later on in this year and featured... Plankton in a dream where he was really tall. Oh, wait, that was from the dreaming episode. That was a dream Plankton always had. What am I saying? But that game also featured a lot of hot rod usage and that old thing. So in this moment when I see the hot rod and then I see Plankton when he comes into frame, I immediately thought of Creature from the Krusty Krab. But Plankton shows up as a big 
being. I don't want to call him a giant, but he is giant enough to start toppling over a few buildings in Bikini Bottom. But what was really interesting to see is that Plankton wished for him to crush his enemies. And he came then across and said good morning to Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. You would think, oh no, Plankton is here to beat up Mr. Krabs, to take the Krusty Krab down, to take the formula. But nope, he has this new size, this new build of his body, Plankton 1.0, and he goes and destroys Bikini Bottom. He is more upset at everyone else out there in the world than those that he is after every single day trying to steal this formula with, and they keep stopping his plans. You would think his anger is directed at them, but when he actually gets that size, he wants to take out his frustration out on everybody else. There's something really deep and interesting there. It's kind of like that whole idea of the Joker not wanting to really take down Batman because then he would just be bored. He likes the fight. He likes the dynamic. I think, in a way, Plankton likes the fight. We have seen, and I mentioned Plankton, and we are in an anniversary of Sponge Out of Water this month, so it's kind of interesting to go full circle in that situation, but in that movie, Plankton, at the end, when he has the formula in his hand, in a situation that he could easily get away from and have the formula in hand, but decides to give it back, it's interesting how these two episodes, that that movie in this episode, has this moment where Plankton has this bigger stature, has this body, is towering over these other characters, but decides to not necessarily do the right thing in this episode. But you can see that Plankton's heart is with these characters somewhere. There is a love that he has for SpongeBob very deep down. He knows that SpongeBob is a good guy. He knows that Mr. Krabs is a good guy, and we will certainly find out in future seasons a little bit more of their past. But for this episode, we end with Plankton rummaging through Bikini Bottom. No real end to what happens with the Wishing Well, although with that kind of power, it's best to probably cover that hole up and forget about it. But what you shouldn't forget about is this podcast. And I can't thank you enough for joining me on another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. If you would like to follow the captain on any form of social media, it is my wish for you to do so at I'm Ready Podcast on Twitter and at SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. If it is your wish to support the captain, there are two ways you can do so. The first of which is by going to youtube.com slash at the Captain Eric or clicking on the link in the podcast description and subscribing to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. That is by all means the best way you can support what is going on here on the ship. The other way is by clicking on that red bubble link in the podcast description below where you can find a bunch of different Captain Eric pieces of art and logos that you can put on a multitude of different products. Anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. As far as 
this episode is concerned, I feel like my wish came true. So I'm going to go back to that well today, and I'm going to throw in another coin. And that wish is going to be for you to have a good day. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what is going on, I hope you can find a silver lining, find that optimism, and pick yourself up because there's always going to be magic out there. And if there's any way I can get it to you through this wish, that's all I hope for. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming aboard. And as always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Is that proof enough for you? You'll never get me to believe in magic, never! Just to prove it to you, I'll demonstrate. I wish I was steamed and served with a side of melted butter. Mr. Krabs, no! Well, where's your magic now? Oh, where am I? What's going on here? Uh-oh. I don't believe in magic. I don't believe in magic. I don't believe in magic. Oh, no! your own beach kicks. They got sand in the potato salad. I see you guys are making friends too. They got sand in the potato salad.